Hi everyone, and welcome to my Portugal podcast. I do apologize for leaving a big gap between the Christmas episode and this one. And I was also meant to upload videos over Christmas to villages that I have been. I did manage to upload a couple of them, not so many as I wished. And that is because my phone was stolen. My phone was stolen on Christmas Day from inside a church in Stremos, which is really, well, my whole life or our whole lives are now in our phones, aren't they? So it was very distressing. I was abroad, so I couldn't have a new or issue a new SIM card. It was absolutely horrendous. Nevertheless, I'm back to London. I had the phone insured, so it wasn't as bad as it could have been, I suppose. But those days were absolutely horrendous. And therefore, I do apologize for not doing as promised initially, but it was really out of my control, I'm afraid. I will be going back soon. Uh, as I mentioned, I am looking for a property in the central slash south region of Portugal. So I will go back in the end of February and um, hopefully I can get to video some of the villages that I will be visiting. And now let's perhaps pick up on where we left off before Christmas, which was in the central region of Portugal. And we can start this episode with Viseu. Viseu is a place rich in history, cultural and natural beauty. It is a city located in the heart of Portugal that combines the charm of a historic heritage with the presence of a modern community. It is recognized as the city of Viriato due to the imposing fortification cover the Viriato linked to the fights between the Lusitanian leader Viriato and the Roman army, which led to establishment of a link between Viriato and Viseu, acclaimed in the monument to Viriato sculpted by Mariano Bellur. Just a kind reminder that you can check out pictures of um, all these monuments that I refer to during my podcasts. It has held the title of Garden City for over 80 years due to the improvements implemented in the city's public spaces since the 20s and 30s. The Fontello Park and the Cava de Viriato, true forest areas, were and still are in conjunction with several gardens and with a crescent number of trees around the urban streets. Viseu is also known for its vineyards, in the prestigious Dome region, where excellent award-winning wines are produced. Exploring the vineyards is a unique experience where you can visit renowned wineries such as Casa da Insua or Quinta de Lemos. Besides learning about the wine production, you can enjoy tastings and learn more about the rich wine tradition of the region. Another nearby attraction is Serra da Estrela, the highest mountain in mainland Portugal. Take the opportunity to go on nature walks, enjoy the snow and the lakes, and visit a tower, the peak of the mountain. Another place to visit, nestled in the district of Aveiro, is Agada, a picturesque city in the central Portugal, famous for its colourful umbrella sky project. I'm sure you've seen pictures of it somewhere on the internet. That brightens up the sky every summer, along with various other culture-rich traditions.
From vibrant street festivals to mouth-watering local seafood dishes, the city is a haven for the cultural connoisseurs out there. If you are planning to visit Agda this summer, here are some must-see attractions and experiences to discover the culture and traditions of the city. You have to, of course, visit the Umbrella Sky Project Street. Every summer, thousands of striking colourful umbrellas are suspended above the streets of Agda, creating a glorious canopy of hues upon which to feast your eyes. The pretty umbrellas are strategically hung to provide the shade and shelter in the city centre, which is ideal for a stroll on a hot summer day. Grab your favourite person and camera and take some Instagram-worthy photos. Agada is renowned for the Ajit Agada Art Festival, a month-long celebration of music, art, culture taking place every July. The festival hosts a variety of performances and exhibitions by local and international artists, and it's a great way to immerse yourself in Agada's exciting cultural scene. This art festival are scattered throughout the city in different locations, including the historic centre, the Bazi Municipal Market, and the charming Largo 1st of May, Primero de Mayo Square. Lose yourself in the live performances, enjoy the street theatre shows and become engrossed in the contemporary art exhibitions. And of course, do not miss the historic centre. Agada's charming and lively centre is a treasure, a trove of architectural gems and historical landmarks. The city's attractive streets and squares are lined with colourful buildings that showcase a fuse of traditional Portuguese architecture and more modern detailing, leaving you wanting to take plenty of photos. One of Agda's most famous landmarks is Igreja Matriz de Agda, a striking 16th century church featuring a white facade with an intricate stained glass window and ornate decorations. You must, of course, tuck in into the local cuisine. When it comes to food, Agda is best known for its seafood. Thin, salty grilled sardines and hearty codfish stews. Another must-try is the famous Ovos Moles de Aveiro, a traditional sweet pastry made of egg yolks. We mentioned it before. And, of course, let's not forget the wine. Agada is also known for its delicious variety of local wines produced in a nearby Bairada wine region. Sample these local dishes and wines at a variety of restaurants, cafes, markets scattered throughout the city. And the municipal market is a must-visit destination for any foodie who under around taste-testing meats, freshly caught fish and flavoursome olive oil. The transformation of Bajada into a quality winemaking region dates back to the 19th century, so not that long ago. And if you do like suckling pig roasted in a wood-fire oven, you must go to Mielada, which is a small region within Bajada. I do remember my parents going on weekend trips to Bajada for a, a treat of um, a big lunch of suckling pig in a wooden oven. I wasn't a fan then, and I'm not a fan now either of suckling pig uh, taste. But um, if you are, this is where you need to go. Earlier, I just mentioned 
Serra da Estrela is the only place in Portugal where you can have snow. So um, it's I remember as well as a kid going there every winter just to see snow. So in the summer or winter, mainland Portugal highest mountain is the perfect scenery for a few relaxing days in the contact with nature. At almost 2,000 meters at its highest point in Torre, Serra da Estrela is an area of rare landscape beauty with striking mountain drops where you can have a deep experience of the silence of the heights, take advantage of those moments and communion with nature to observe it. Discovering the diversity of plants and birds and flocks of sheep herded by Estrela dogs from the breed named after the mountain. You can also follow the course of some major Portuguese rivers from their sources, the Mondego, Zezre, Cuvão, Alva, or you can admire glacier valleys at Loriga, Manteigas or Cuvão. In the warmest months, the best suggestion will certainly be the 25 lagoon itinerary, leading you to some refreshing locations. In cold weather, Serra da Estrela is the only place in Portugal where you can try ski, sledging, snowboarding or ride a snowmobile. There are several pistes, slopes, with support infrastructure as well as synthetic snow pistes for skiing at any time of the year. This natural park is excellent for trekking, horse riding or mountain biking. You can experience the sensation of paragliding in Linhares da Beira, soaring over historical villages, which you shouldn't miss exploring on foot either. To recharge batteries, you must taste a famous product in the region, the Serra de Estrela cheese, one of my favorites, which is buttery texture. It goes ideally with traditional bread. It can be tasted all over the region, but in Sular do Queijo, cheese manor house in Silurico da Beira. The tasting will be accompanied by an explanation about the manufacturing process. In Saia, it is bread, however, that the museum status and in Covilha, woolens. The most popular roads to cross the mountain link these two cities and will be taken you to mountain villages such as Sabugairo, Alvoco, Loriga and to many other unmissable places like Penhas Douradas, Torre, and at the summit of the mountain. And now about some regional quality products. You've got, as I mentioned, the bread and the cheese, but also another highlighted product would be the honey. The rosemary with a clear color and very sweet aroma and taste is very rich in nutrients and therefore a great ally for health. Several studies have carried out to highlight the anti-cancer properties of rosemary. The heather honey from Serra da Estrela with a remarkable flavor is a source of energy and it's natural in sugar, therefore appreciated by people who prefer less sweet products. Other products worth mentioning are the fruity flavored beta olive oil and the most famous wines from the down demarcated regions. The cherry from Cova de Beira stands out for its quality, as well as apple and peach, whose characteristic flavor is due to the climatic conditions. Serra de Estrela chestnuts have been considered the bread 
of times of crisis due to their natural richness, I used to make various dishes such as pure and soups. They can also be served roasted, stewed or boiled. There are also other products that can be found in this gastronomical generous region of Portugal. However, the most traditional ones were mentioned. Still in the centre of Portugal and next to Serra da Estrela, there's Covilhã. Lying among rivers and mountains, the city of Covilhã is one of the gateways to Serra da Estrela. The original inhabitants of the land were Lusitanian shepherds. Covilhã was reconquered from the Moors by King Dom Sancho I, who built the city walls to protect it. It became a strategic point in the Middle Ages, especially in the reign of Don Dinish, who set about reinforcing the defence of the territory. The town was granted royal status by Dom Manuel, who gave it the new charter in 1510, and it was also a land of discoverers. Prince Henry, the navigator, was given the title Lord of Covilhã by his father, King Don Juan, Primeiro, after conquering Ceuta in 1415. It was the birthplace of Peru de Covilhã, the explorer sent to the Orient by King Don Juan II, and whose information helped Vasco da Gama to discover the sea route to India. One of Covilhã's claims to fame is the art of making woolen goods. This began in the time of Don Sancho Primeiro, and was developed by the Jewish community that settled here at the time. They remained until the 15th century. The textile industry, which produced all the uniforms for the Portuguese army during the reign of Don Juan Quinto, was given a new boost when the Marquis de Pombal established a royal cloth factory here, making it into a country's largest centre for production of woolen goods, Due to the economic growth that allowed, Covilhan was raised to the status of a city in 1870. In Covilhan and surrounding areas, discover the land of castles, historical villages, the wool route and old Judirias route, and the Serra da Estrela Nature Reserve, by taking one of the itineraries that show you the region's natural and cultural heritage. Some of the things not to miss if visiting Covilhan would be the Cheese Museum, a modern place where you can follow historic and gastronomic path regarding the traditional and famous Serra da Estrela cheese. Misericordia Church, founded in 1641, it belongs to the Santa Casa of Misericordia, an important charity foundation in Portugal. The Wool Museum, an essential visit in Cuvillan that promotes the history and very important role that the textiles had in Portugal and in the city. Santa Maria Church that goes back to the 16th century and most known for the admirable tiles that covers the church facade. The Cuvillan wine, the cover the better wine industry is quite ancient and admired by the wine's quality, make sure to try the red or the white. Queijo da Serra, the iconic product of Portugal and in the region, taste the magnificent Queijo da Serra 
a result of the important pasturing activities in the region. Fried parsnip. That's a good one. Although parsnip has existed for centuries, nowadays it isn't very common. It prospers in cold climates and it's popular served as a starter. I did not know that. Papas de Carolo. It's a corn-based regional sweet, very popular in Kuvila. We're going to mention Santiago's fair. There is a very popular fair taking place in Kuvila. But about fairs in general and in Portugal are very old economic social phenomena which results from necessary expansion of certain regional products. Portuguese fairs date back to the beginnings of the nationality. In fact, it is in the 17th century, in the Charter of Ponto de Lima, 1125, we find the first concrete reference to Portuguese fairs. Cuvillain pillaged and devastated several times by Moorish incursions into the peninsula, became, with the rebuilding and settlement carried out by Don Sancho Primeiro, one of the most important towns in the kingdom. Its first charter, 1186, granted by the monarch, given the high privileges and perks, brought a population of ingenuity and art to the town. The town boosted the economy, which is why Don Afonso III, by royal charter of 1260, ended up granting it to the right to hold an annual fair to exchange its products. And out of curiosity, the charter goes like this. Afonso, by the grace of God, King of Portugal, to all those in my kingdom and all others' kingdoms who see these words, health, you know that I order a fair every year in my town of Cuvillain for the feast of Santa Maria the Diagosto. All those who come to this fair on their own to sell or buy on the way here and back that they do not pawn on my kingdom for any debt. Given in Lisbon, 8th of the calends of August by order of the king. In this royal charter that grants Covilla the privilege of being one of the first towns in the kingdom to have the right to hold fairs in its domains and that became the standard charter for Portuguese medieval fairs. It is during the reign of Don João I that we will find the birth certificate of Feira de Santiago, having nothing to do with the one established two centuries ago, that first had in full realization on the 15th of August the Feast of St. Mary. The second had its festivities on the 25th of July, the Feast of St. James. It is specifically on May 27, 1411, that by letter granted by Don Juan I, he grants to Cuvillain an annual franchise fair, lasting 20 days by Santiago. Now regarding the specific fair of Santiago, the fair began by taking place in a churchyard of the old church of Santiago, which would later be demolished to make way for the church of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, ordered to build by the Jesuit father Nicolau Rodrigues and which would be open to the public in 1877. Without a doubt, Feira de Santiago lived in those distant years a glorious time. The 20 days of the fair were the great social event of the people of Cuvillain, who transformed the fair into an authentic riding arena. We're going to have to wrap up this episode now. Don't forget to check out my social media for more information, videos, 
and do reach out if you have any comments, suggestions, questions about Portugal. I'll be more than happy to go through them and um, answer if I can. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did and learned as much as I did as well. See you on the next one. Até breve. Quem tem, quem tem amor a seu jeito, olha a